BYU's headed to the land of enchantment for their bowl game to take on the SMU Mustangs. Let's look at that. Let's also talk about the coaching search. Some intel I got over the weekend we'll discuss, and obviously, the transfer portal opens today. What to expect as a Cougar fan. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. We're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we, of course, are your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. The goal here, simply stated, is to make you guys the smartest BYU fans in the room. So thank you for your support, as always, of this venture. Let's dive right in today. BYU is headed to the New Mexico Bowl to take on the SMU Mustangs on December 17th. Now, I know there are a number of you out there very, very unhappy with the bowl destination, but let's be honest. BYU is a middling team. They're 7-5. and five. They've had not that many options, really. And I think ESPN, for a long time, I'd been hearing that ESPN was trying to push BYU to take an earlier bowl game and get it done. I think BYU, at the same time, probably had their thought that, hey, let's get it done before Christmas. Players can be done for the semester, go home, spend the holidays with their family, and then come back and we get right back in to winter conditioning drills once they're back in school in early January. I I don't think this is necessarily the worst scenario for BYU. There were games, Utah State for example. Utah State is playing in the First Responders Bowl, which is two days after Christmas. It's ten days after BYU. It's quote-unquote a post-Christmas bowl game, but do you guys really want to be traveling on December 26th to go out to Dallas, Texas to play in that game? I don't think so. I think New Mexico is a fitting place to be. And I also like the opponent. I think SMU, there's some symmetry with all of this because it's been 42 years since BYU and SMU played in that famed Holiday Bowl, the Miracle Bowl, as BYU fans call it, the comeback under Jim McMahon. Uh, BYU's 3-0 and all-time against the Mustangs. They played that bowl game in 1980, and they also played two times in the mid 1990s, BYU absolutely crushed the Ponies, uh, 31 to three in 1996, and then 19 to 16 in overtime in uh, 1997, the most recent uh, matchup. So 25 years ago, the last time these two squads have met. And I think this is a, a fitting bowl game because similar to BYU, and we'll talk about all of this as the as the as as we progress, because we got a, two weeks here essentially to get you ready for this game. But with SMU, you've got two teams, speaking of BYU and SMU, who seem to be all offense, no defense. Both of these defenses are in the bottom uh, of the ranking, sub 100, let's just put it that way, in terms of scoring defense. They average 30-plus points each, speaking of BYU and SMU. So on paper, this could be a shootout, folks. Now, let me also say that it's all going to be dependent on if Jaron Hall can play for BYU. If they have to play a new quarterback, whether that's Soljay Maiava-Peters, Cade Fennigan, if he can make a miracle recovery from his foot injury, or if it's Nick Billups, 
who in the world uh, thinks that BYU's offense is going to be just as good as it has been all season long if Jaron Hall is not at the controls of said offense? That's that's the big thing. Tanner Mordecai, a former four-star athlete at Oklahoma who transferred to SMU, he has passed for over 3,000 yards in his own right this year. He's got a very good arm. He has had a lot of success through the air with this offense. Speaking of SMU, his leading receiver is a first-team all-conference, all-American, uh, all-athletic, uh, all-American athletic conference wide receiver Rasheed Rice has 1,355 yards, averaging 14.1 yards per reception on 96 catches this year. His longest 75 on the season. He's got 10 touchdowns. I mentioned Tanner Mordecai, 3,306 yards, 31 TDs against 9 interceptions. Folks, this could be an absolute barn burner of a game. This could be a game where the last team that holds the ball wins it because I... Do you have faith that BYU's defense is going to go out there and put on a, a, a clinic in this game? I don't, but maybe they do. And that's the funny thing about this. I was joking around with a friend of mine. We were talking about the fact that SMU and BYU seem to be that Spider-Man meme. Hey, it's you. No, it's you. They're pointing back and forth at each other. You guys know the one I'm talking about. And talking about the fact that, yeah, with these two teams, with them being bonkers offensively, we'll inevitably get, what, a 14-10 to 10 or a 17-14 to 14 slugfest. That could happen. But it's a very, very intriguing matchup. Also, in the symmetry of the 12 years ago, on December 18th, this will be December 17th, so nearly 12 years to the day. We're, we're sub a day. So 11 years, 364 days after BYU played in the New Mexico Bowl for the very first time in 20. 10. Many of you will recall that was the coming out party seemingly for Jake Heaps. He passed for 264 yards, had four touchdowns. It seemed like, okay, this is a kid who's putting it together. And we're going to see BYU really break out when they get into independence with Jake Heaps at the controls. We all know how history played out. The 2011 season did not go the way anybody expected it to. Ultimately, with Jake Heaps ultimately transferring out of the program, but like I said, 11 years, 364 days later, BYU will make their return to the New Mexico Bowl. In that game in 2010, they played UTEP. In this game, they play SMU. So two Texas-based programs will be BYU's opponents. And also, the final game of BYU is a me- member of the Mountain West Conference. They were playing in that game in New Mexico in 2010. It was their final game, at, technically, as an MWC squad. Well, what is the final game of independence for BYU? Oh, yes, the New Mexico Bowl on December 17th, 2022. Uh, the symmetry's there. I, I think it's uh, for what... BYU could have had, let's put it that way, uh, they probably could have pursued something like the Frisco Bowl or, like I said, that, that first responders bowl. Their outside chances of the Birmingham Bowl, Hawaii Bowl, um, what else? Uh, Myrtle Beach, stuff like that. But you know what? I think BYU opted for a game that is as close to home as possible because. I know that New Mexico seems like a long drive, but I was doing some math on it. I think it's like a 10 or 11 hour drive. Now, it's also in the winter, so that the roads could be very, very treacherous if weather comes in, but I'm looking forward to this one. I actually am lucky enough, I'm going to be traveling to Albuquerque for the game, so if you're going to be there uh, in the land of enchantment down there in Albuquerque, uh, I'd love to meet up with you guys and say what up, uh, maybe share a, a meal or two. It'd be, it'd be fun to uh, meet some of you out there if you're happening to go to the bowl game, but some crazy, crazy stuff. Now, let's also talk about, I got one other thing I need to talk about about this game, is the, the fact, yes, it's it's cool with the symmetry match 
matching up the final game of MWC and 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 and, and the independent era for BYU, obviously ending uh, both in the New Mexico Bowl. But also one other thing, some of you uh, I saw a couple of questions actually sent to me on social media. You saw that twelve fifteen was the scheduled kickoff. And yes, that is the kickoff that has been scheduled for months. But there was a asterisk next to it on BYU's announcement. Now I, I think I've talked about this, but if I haven't, let me get it to you guys real quick. Sunday night football in Las Vegas the next night, so December 18th, is supposed to be the Patriots at the Las Vegas Raiders. But with both of those teams scuffling along, that game very easily could be flexed out of that slot and put into the afternoon, the 2 o'clock window on Sunday. Well, the Vegas Bowl, the Las Vegas Bowl, which is supposed to be played Saturday evening down there at Allegiant Stadium, well, with the with the quick turnaround, if it is flexed to an afternoon game for the NFL, ESPN will flop the games. So if, that, if, the, if the NFL, and I'm expecting that announcement to come at some point this week with regards if they're going to flex that game out. If that happens, BYU's kickoff will go from 12.15 on ESPN to 5.30 on ABC. So you can have a lot more eyeballs potentially on you if you're BYU, but at the same time, is there going to be a squad uh, for BYU to put together that can play in this game? Because the transfer portal, as you probably you have noted, is open today, Monday. We'll talk more about some of the guys who have entered the portal over the weekend later on in today's show and also get you ready for what I would expect will be a quote-unquote deluge of guys going into the portal. We'll get to that. But first, we need to talk about coaching, uh, uh, the coaching search, I guess is what I should say, to replace Elisa Tuliaki. I got some intel over the weekend. I'm going to pass that along to you guys next. Uh, we'll get to all of that moment First, though, a word on our friends, actually a newer friend on the show and a great friend, let's put it that way, Omaha Steaks. I absolutely love this company. For the past four or five years running, my mother-in-law has ordered me a box from Omaha Steaks, and I got to say, they're absolutely incredible. Whether I've had the filet mignon, any of their steaks, the chicken, uh, the burgers, it's all been great. And the best part is the holidays are here, and uh, and Omaha Steaks is here to help you guys achieve gifting greatness when you give the gift of perfectly aged, tender, and delicious Omaha Steaks. The steak experts at Omaha Steaks have put together a special curated packages, uh, have, given, have put together those packages to help take the guesswork out of gifting and make you a holiday hero. The best part is you can go to Omaha Steaks right, OmahaSteaks.com right now and use the promo code LOCKEDON at checkout to get $30 off your order. Send in an assortment of mouthwatering favorites including that filet mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is ready to ship your order right now. And so use the shop early and beat the shipping Rush. Go to omahasteaks.com and use the promo code Locked On at checkout. Once again, Omaha Steaks obviously is a gift from the heart, a gift that we remember with every unforgettable bite. And I can tell you this much: I've loved every single thing I've had from Omaha Steaks. Now, uh, I want you guys to give them a shot if you have not already. So order with complete confidence today, knowing that you are ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com using that promo code Locked On at checkout to get that extra thirty dollars off your order now. Minimum order may be required. All right, if there's a little bit of a blip there, well, let's acknowledge the fact that I'm actually re-recording this part of the podcast, but you know what? Quick reminder for you guys to check out Locked On Sports today. It's your chance to catch up on all the major news and sports every single day in podcast form. 25 minutes or less to get you covered on every major topic. NFL, NBA, uh, MLB, hockey, college sports, they've got it all. Check out Locked On Sports today, wherever you get your podcasts or also on YouTube. All right, as mentioned, this is my second crack at this. I had finished up my original edition of Locked On Cougars, pulled out my phone after pushing stop on the record, and all of a sudden I see some news pop up. Uh, Bronco Nation News and BJ Reigns, a longtime beat writer covering the Boise State Broncos, 
reporting that Kelly Papinga is headed back to BYU or is expected to return to BYU as an assistant coach. Now, K-Pop is a former BYU player, worked on Bronco Mendenhall's staff at BYU for a, for quite a while. I think it was like, man, maybe five or so years before he ultimately was part of that crew that moved across the country to Virginia to join Bronco at the University of Virginia. Uh, when he was let go last year when Bronco stepped down, he obviously ended up at Boise State. He's been working there as a special teams coordinator, working with linebackers, that type of stuff. And folks, let me just acknowledge this. I was told Saturday by someone I trust that Kelly Papinga and BYU had mutual interest in reuniting. And I can say that also from personal experience. Kelly uh, told uh, uh, people when he left BYU, yours truly included, that he was leaving uh, for Virginia essentially because BYU it was half the salary he'd be making in Virginia. It was just it was a no-brainer for him to go join Bronco, get experience at the Power 5 level, double his salary, spread his wings, have all that opportunity. But he made it very clear, explicitly clear, let me just say that, saying, I plan on coming back to BYU one day. He never ever lost the affinity he had for the Cougars while playing for BYU coaching in Provo. He's a guy from Evanston, Wyoming. Grew up a BYU guy. Uh, actually started his career at Utah State. Playing career was what I should say. And then before transferring to BYU becoming a standout player. Like Kelly Papinga is BYU through and through. We all know Brady Papinga bleeds blue as well. The Papinga family is BYU. And getting Kelly back on staff, absolute home run. Now, what do I expect in terms of his title? I assume he's probably going to be the linebackers coach. That probably means Kevin Clune is being moved off the staff, whether he's moved to a different position or if he's let go altogether. TBD on that front. But uh, Kelly Papinga is an absolutely awesome addition. He's got the fire. He's got the know-how. He's coached at the Power 5 level. He's recruited to that level. He, he, like this is, this is absolutely awesome to get a guy of K-pop's caliber back to Provo because he checks all the boxes. Uh, what I was told on Saturday is he would likely be at least a position coach, obviously, and I would assume he takes over that linebacker spot. He could end up potentially as a co-defensive coordinator. He's a That's a title he held in the final two years, if I recall correctly, of his time at Virginia working as alongside Nick Howell, who was the defensive coordinator, but he's got special teams coordinator experience, so if they can't find a special teams coordinator, he's just coming off being a special teams coach for Boise State. I, man, this is an absolutely awesome, awesome addition for the BYU football program. And I say awesome addition like as if it's happened because I trust BJ. I, I've known BJ for quite a while. This is a dude who is as well sourced and really on the inside of Boise State athletics, especially Boise State football as anybody. So Kelly Papinga, that's one uh, check of the box for BYU staff on Kalani Satake staff. Now, there are going to be a number of you, and I saw it on social media as well, saying, well, Jake, if they're hiring him as a, as a linebackers coach ostensibly, does that mean they already have a defensive coordinator in place? Maybe they do. Let me tell you part of what I was talking about on the the unreleased version of this uh, podcast. Saturday, that conversation I referenced about Kelly Papinga included two other names. And the, the, the first name we're going to talk about is Jay Hill. I can report that there's interest on both sides, from BYU's side, Kalani Satake's side, as well as Jay Hill's side, and potentially coming to BYU. Does that mean it's going to happen? Only time will tell. But Jay Hill will be coming to BYU as the assistant head coach and whatever other title or titles he wants, whether that's special teams coordinator, defensive coordinator, whatever Jay Hill wants, Jay Hill will get. He is the kingpin in this scenario. He can hold BYU hostage because BYU is hell-bent on getting Jay 
Jay Hill on Kalani Satake's staff. And let me also add this on a personal note. Jay Hill, like Kelly Papinga, would be a home run hire. Jay Hill has built Weber State into an absolute leviathan at the FCS level. He has done a great job recruiting. He pulls in guys to Weber State annually. He does it every single year that have Power 5 level offers. Whether they fell through the cracks, didn't commit in time, whatever. He's got Power 5 caliber guys playing at Weber freaking State. And I got nothing against Weber. I actually absolutely love the Wildcats. I know a number of you out there, Chappie, etc., who may watch this podcast, may think I'm bagging on Weber State. I'm not. I absolutely love Weber. But Jay Hill has built that program from the ground up. He took it when it was at one of its lowest points and made them an annual FCS playoff contender, if not an outright contender for the national title. They just lost this past weekend by eight points to Montana State in the FCS playoffs. So if Jay Hill and BYU want to unite forces, this would be a fantastic week to do it. If you want to go back to when uh, Jeff Grimes was hired, uh, they fired uh, Ty Detmer the day after the Hawaii Bowl. Uh, not the Hawaii Bowl, the Hawaii game, excuse me, in 2017. They whacked uh, that entire staff, the offensive staff, and December 14th was the date that Jeff Grimes was hired. So essentially, it was about a two-week uh, timeline to get that hire done. Well, Elisa Tuiaki announced he was stepping away just over a week ago. Now, actually, no, a week ago, Sunday night. And we're now in the second week. So ostensibly, if Jay Hill is interested, BYU could potentially have that done this week if the timeline holds. Now, let me also caution everybody out there. BYU is notorious for being so ble- Sleeping slow when it comes to hires of this nature. I, it is my sincere hope that the big wigs at BYU, the administrators who feel like they need to have their finger in the pie and have to, I, I feel like I should have an interview with these guys. Get out of the way. The people that should be required to make this hire include Kalani Satake, Tom Homo, President Kevin Worthen, and then whoever at the Board of Trustees up there in Salt Lake City for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Those are the people that truly are the ones that matter about that hire. I would love Jay Hill on this staff. This is a guy who is from Utah Valley originally. I don't know how many people know this, but you probably know this. Lehigh High School. He is a Lehigh pioneer. He played at Lehigh High School. Went to Rick's College. Ultimately played his college, the rest of his college career at Utah. Spent over a decade working at Utah. Him and Kalani Sitake worked together during their time with the Utes. Jay would be just absolutely marvelous to have coaching at BYU. I mean, whatever titles he wants. The one thing I think this is going to come down to for Jay Hill is money. Is BYU willing to pony up to get him to Provo? He is making reportedly somewhere between three hundred dollars and $400,000. And that's actually a very top-end salary at the FCS level. Weber State has done everything, and I mean everything within their power, to make him feel the love, to make Phil Higg, he's financially comfortable, all that stuff. They've done everything within their power to make sure that he wants to stay at Weber. But at some point, I think they understand that he's going to move on. Would it be a little bit of a backward step for him in a way to become an assistant head coach at BYU? Yeah, in some uh, parlance it would. But Ed Lamb did a similar thing, leaving Southern Utah to join Kalani Satake's staff seven years ago. He was the head coach at Southern Utah, assumed the head coaching title at BYU with the hope that it would get him a chance to coach at the G5 slash P5 level at some point down the road. Uh, does Ed Lamb ultimately achieve that dream out of BYU? No, sure doesn't look like it at this point. But Jay Hill can come to BYU and make the jump from the FCS to the Power 5 level. He can get back uh, to the top level of college football. Uh, Jay Hill is a home run hire. And like I said, uh, what I understand is there is mutual interest on both sides. Whether that means uh, there's going to be a report out there if I, that he's making the move tomorrow, speaking of Monday or Tuesday, I don't know. But if they're going to hire Jay Hill, 
He's the guy that needs to be announced as soon as possible because he'll be obviously tasked with assembling a lot of a lot of the rest of the defensive staff. Whether he's the defensive coordinator uh, in title, that I don't know. But whatever title Jay wants, he'll obviously be very, very involved in hiring the rest of the staff. Not obviously, if you're hiring Jay, you would think, okay, maybe Kalani Sitake and if Kelly Papinga's coming to BYU, it's probably an okay or I guess like, hey, we're going to bring this guy in along with you. There, that stuff obviously has to be in the works. But Kelly Papinga coming in is absolutely awesome. If you can get Jay Hill, absolute home runner, home run uh, to get him a grand slam, I guess I, I is w- probably what I would say. I think Jay would be money because he recruits well, he connects with players at a very, very deep level. The other thing about this is Jay is just so multi multi-faceted in his ability to manage a program. Something that Kalani has struggled with at times is managing the overall structure of BYU football. And I know that sounds kind of bad on Kalani's part, but that's just, Kalani is a a people person. And a guy like Jay can come in and help kind of fill in some of the cracks, maybe where things slip for Kalani. Jay Hill is, would be heaven sent for the BYU football program. And that obviously would mean the end of uh, Ed Lamb's tenure at BYU, I would would assume. I already assumed that Ed Lamb was moving on alongside Elisa Tuiaki, but you wished both of those gentlemen nothing but the best. Now the third name, I promised you a third name, in this conversation. Sean Nua. Yes, the USC defensive line coach, formerly of Michigan, obviously a former BYU player, a convert to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Sean Nua, what I understand is there is interest in him coming back to BYU. I don't necessarily know if he has interest himself. Obviously, he's been coaching at USC, and some of you are probably like, well, USC defensive line struggle. You know what? USC's defense was so depleted coming into this season that I don't, I'd give him a pass on that. Sean Nua developed guys like Aiden Hutchinson. You may know Aiden Hutchinson as the number two overall pick in the NFL draft to the Detroit Lions. Yeah, that guy from Michigan, Sean Nua coached him up. Sean Nua knows what he's doing. And he, by the way, similar to Kelly Papinga, similar to Jay Hill, Sean Nua is an absolute dog when it comes to recruiting. It would be like just a completely revamped effort on the recruiting front for BYU with those three gentlemen on the staff. And if you add a guy like Gennaro Guilford, who's already a dog in recruiting to that, keep him on as cornerbacks coach, man, you're talking about a very, very strong spine on paper for BYU's new defensive coaching staff. To me, that is got all the hallmarks of a great, great uh, addition, a great group of guys coming in BYU who've got a passion for the product. Kelly Paping and Sean Nua, former BYU players. Jay Hill is a guy from Utah Valley who grew up in the heyday of BYU football. Obviously, he ended up playing at Utah, but this is a guy who understands what BYU is all about and would be just marvelous to add to the staff. I'd like to see Jan Jorgensen get promoted to being a full-time assistant. I don't know that necessarily will happen. I hope it will. But man, that staff would, in terms of recruiting, there's been a stigma on BYU's defensive coaching staff that they are lazy, for lack of a better term. Like They, they, they just don't get after it in recruiting. If you get these guys, the guys I've mentioned, Jay Hill, Sean Nua, Kelly Papinga, you keep Gennaro on, you get Jan Jorgensen, I'm telling you, it would be a night and day difference, at least what I would expect for BYU's defensive uh, recruiting. They would get after it. They would be absolutely busting down doors and getting guys get to BYU. It, does that ultimately pan out where they're just a, a top-tier defense? Only time will tell, but there's only one way to go up. If you're, Only way to go if you're BYU's defense, that is up. They, they were atrocious this season, and frankly, we already talked about it. It could be another just long day at the office when it comes to that SMU matchup in the New Mexico Bowl, but 
These hires would be absolutely marvelous. So it sounds like Kelly Papinga is signed, sealed, and delivered. Can they get Jay Hill on board and can they get the Sean Newen? Can that happen this week? That would be very, very big for BYU to go out on the recruiting trail, especially when it comes to the transfer portal opening today in terms of attracting guys to Provo. Let's talk about the transfer portal here in just a minute because we need to talk about the four guys who have gone into the portal and what I am expecting with what I would ex- assume is going to be thousands. I mean, I'm serious. Thousands of guys from across the country going into that transfer portal beginning officially today. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at Simply Safe. Now, Simply Safe is a great, great product, and their goal here is to make that home where you are and you or your family are safest, especially over the holidays. This season, give yourself and family the gift of peace and protection with the number one rated home security system from Simply Safe. And right now, Locked On Cougars listeners are getting 40% off a new security system from Simply Safe, but do not put it off because this is only for a limited time. Simply Safe's got this advanced technology that they have 24 7 monitoring, and the best part is their monitoring agents use what they call Fast Protect technology, which is exclusive to Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get higher priority police response or just overall authorities, whatever you need. Also, they have 24 7 professional monitoring that costs less than a dollar a day, which is less than half the price of traditional home security systems. They've got home security with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, HD security cameras both inside and outside of your home to monitor everything. And the best part is also hazard sensors, which can detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home as well. So do not waste your time with other products. Get with Simply Safe. They're absolutely awesome. And the best part is you can save 40% today with our friends uh, at Simply Safe. So don't miss on your chance to save big on them. our favorite security system here at Locked On Cougars. Get 40% off any new system at simplysafe.com slash locked on college. Once again, that's simplysafe.com slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Today's show also brought to you part by UCCU. And UCCU is offering a 15-month savings certificate with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. Now, you're saying, Jake, what in the world is a savings certificate? Well, it's kind of similar to what a savings account is or a money market account where you put your money into it and you get a return, a rate of return on that. But that APY of 4.00% blows every savings account and money market account out of the water. We all know right now the interest rates and inflation are absolutely running wild. They continue to go up and up and up, it feels like. We don't know when it's going to end. UCCU wants to help you guys take advantage of that by getting you guys uh, some money, more money back on the money you have uh, in the bank. that 15-month savings certificate will give you that 4.00 APY, and if interest rates and inflation continue to go up during that 15-month period, you have a jump you can use one time during that period to up your rate of return. It's absolutely awesome, and the best part is you don't have to be a high roller to take advantage of this. You can create a savings certificate for as little as $500, making it an awesome opportunity for every type of saver, both big or small. So get to UCCU right now to check it out. You can go online, call them via the phone, or just stop by any of the branches to get started now. But remember, that offer is only for a limited time. So jump on it now. Visit uccu.com to learn more and get started on that savings certificate today. That's UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Absolutely uh, love that you guys are with us here on the podcast every single day. Now, today, Monday, is a busy day. And I'm, I'm serious. This is going to be absolutely nutso. You've probably seen over the last week or so, social media, a lot of guys announcing, I, I've had a great time at X University. I, I've loved my time here, but it's in my best interest to go into the transfer portal and seek a new opportunity. It is happening across the country, all 131 FBS programs, however many FBS CS programs, all of them. I'm, I, I, if there's a single program that doesn't have a transfer out of their program, that's a, a high five to that head coach. I don't believe that's actually going to happen. But 
BYU is not going to be accepted from this. Four players have already entered their names or will be entering their names into the NCAA transfer portal. Those four are just the tip of the iceberg of what I am expecting for BYU. Whether they're guys who are no names that haven't played much at BYU or just trying to find a new opportunity for themselves, or guys who are in the two deep who are contributors to BYU, I don't think anybody is going to be, uh, I guess, what I'm trying to say, there's going to be multiples of all types of guys entering the portal out of BYU. Now, the four names you know about. Uh, obviously, we can all, go all the way back to midseason, actually game three of the season, maybe the first quarter of the season. Dallin Holker quit on BYU as a team captain and is entering the transfer portal. It's been literally months since he left the program, but he will finally officially be in the portal today. If he doesn't end up at the University of Utah, I'll frankly be stunned, but wish him the best. Uh, the way he left was under less than favorable circumstances, but... Good, good riddance to you. All right, next one. Jacob Conover announcing on Friday that he's entering the portal. And obviously Conover was thought to be maybe the heir apparent to replace Jaron Hall. It appears that is not the not going to happen because he's entered his name in the portal as of Friday. Well, he'll be going in the portal today. Announced he would be going into the portal on Friday. Uh, and Conover, I feel like the writing was on the wall for him. I, I've got nothing against the young man. He was actually absolutely uh, a BYU guy through and through. But when the coaches, that, that Stanford game said everything I felt like he needed to say. He comes into this game with the game still very much in the balance it felt like at the time he came in. And they let him throw all of just one pass. And it was like kind of a, it was supposed to be a screen route. No, yeah, it was supposed to be a screen. And it just screamed to me, okay, they don't trust him. They don't trust his arm. And uh, for whatever reason, it just didn't work out for Conover. Former four-star athlete, won multiple state titles in Arizona. Like It seemed like the writing was on the wall for him to be the next big thing at BYU. Well, the, writing, the writing's on the wall for him that it's time for you to find your next opportunity. Keep an eye on Arizona State. I don't necessarily know that he goes to ASU, but his former head coach, Sean Aguano, is remaining on staff. He was the interim head coach after the firing of uh, Herm Edwards. Well, Aguano is sticking with Kenny Dillingham, and Aguano coached Conover in high school. Keep an eye on that as potentially an option for Conover. I don't necessarily know that he goes to Arizona State and starts, considering if he can't start at BYU, but he may be interested in returning home to the Valley and maybe playing there. Other two names that have gone in the portal. Campbell Barrington announced on Saturday afternoon that he's going into the portal. Obviously, uh, Barrington's a bit of a surprise. I, I, Clark, his older brother's been on this show all season long. I don't know much about this. It's a bit of a head scratcher to me, honestly, if I'm, I'm speaking of Campbell. Some of you can think I'm lying about this, but I have not uh, talked to Clark about this. I have actually purposely avoided uh, talking uh, avoided talking to Clark about this. I may at some point ask him for more details, but uh, Campbell's a bit of a surprise because he was a projected starter next year for BYU. There's a lot of guys from that offensive line that are potentially going to leave, and that includes Blake Freeland at left tackle, his older brother Clark Barrington at left guard, Harris Lachance at right tackle. I think all three of those guys are gone, and that would obviously leave opportunities for a guy like Campbell Barrington to start next year for BYU. He was listed as a co-starter at right tackle early on this season alongside Kingsley Suamata'ia. Kingsley ultimately won that job, and then Campbell broke his hand later in the season that necessitated surgery and obviously ended his season prematurely. But I'm a bit surprised that Campbell's moving on. Whether that's uh, playing time, he's just not happy with the with how things are going. I, I, I don't know any of this. It's just a bit of a head-scratcher to me for Campbell, and I wish him the best moving forward. I, I've loved Clark. I've loved getting to know him. Campbell, uh, similar type circumstance. I haven't had him on the show, but I just know Campbell uh, via his brother Clark, and Campbell's a great dude as well, but 
I, I wish them well. And that's the other thing about this. Let me insert this here. There's going to be a lot of guys who go in the portal. Like I said, I, these, these four guys from BYU, we need to talk about Terrence Fall here in just a minute. These four guys, like I said, are the tip of the iceberg for BYU. The portal's going to take, but it's also going to give. There are going to be opportunities for BYU staff to go into the portal and find guys and bring them to BYU. And that's not a bad thing if you're a BYU fan. That, that's an opportunity uh, for BYU staff to go potentially upgrade talent via the portal. Will it ultimately work out that way? Only time will tell. We'll have to wait until next season and see what the product on the field gives us to really tell, okay, did they win or lose in the transfer portal sweepstakes? But this is the new era of college football, my friends. This is what is going to happen. Guys are going to leave. Guys are going to come in, and that's just part of how things are going to go. Now, Terrence Fall announced uh, yesterday, I'm actually recording this on Sunday, so it's today for me, but yesterday that he is going to enter the transfer portal. Uh, played uh, just, I think, I think Cougs Daily said he had 28 total snaps in his BYU career. Uh, Terrence Fall, a guy uh, from France, living the American dream, because this is a kid who grew up the son of a professional soccer player in Paris, wanted to play American football, fell in love with the sport, and actually uh, made the trip across the pond, as they say, from Paris to California to with a sponsor family to play high school football here in the States to live his dream. He wanted to play college football. BYU found him and decided let's give him a chance, and I don't know what his circumstance is that's leading him to leave BYU, but he is the fourth guy to announce that he's going into the transfer portal. So, you wish all these young men nothing but the best. Hopefully, they find a spot for them where they can contribute and live out their playing career the best way that they know how. That's the thing about this. A lot of this is a business decision, my friends. We see the coaching carousel every year in college football. Coaches leaving jobs for jobs that pay them more. We talked about Kelly Papinga just a little bit ago. He left BYU. He he absolutely loves BYU. I'm, I'm telling you, Kelly is a BYU guy. But when he was offered more than double his salary to leave BYU and go to Virginia, who in the who in their right mind would say, "You know what? Nah, I'm just going to stick it out here." That it was it made too much business sense. It's a similar circumstance for these for these players. They're not being paid nearly as much as these coaches. NIL deals obviously are part of the equation now, name, image, and likeness. That's all part of it. But they want to make the best decision for themselves. Let's respect that and wish them well and hope that they find what they're looking for, whatever it might be. All right. I think I've spent enough time on this second recording of Locked on Cougars, but a big thank you to you all. Thank you for making some time to join us every single day. Thank you for making us your first listen. Go make your second listen. Our friends over the Locked on Big 12 podcast. We'll have you covered top to bottom when it comes uh, to everything going on with the Big 12 Bowl schedule. Uh, Transfer Portal, I'm sure, will be covered by Josh Neighbors as well. There's a lot to cover on that front, so check that out. Free and available wherever you get your podcasts, just like this one, and also available on YouTube. All right, that's going to do it for myself. Have a great rest of your day once again whenever you see this. This has been the Locked on Cougars podcast. See ya.